This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to Week 10, everybody. Kicking it off tonight with the Colts and the Titans. And we've got some AFC home games to preview today, plus Jacksonville, Green Bay, and Buffalo, Arizona. Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg and Heath Cummings. And this episode is sponsored by Express. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Find out more about Express and their exclusive offer, later in the show. And yeah, I got to, I got a big order of express clothing coming. Awesome stuff and a great way for you to save money. We'll tell you about it later. What's going on, guys? You know, I think we got some pretty tough calls this week. Does it feel that way to you? Like kind of a a tricky tricky slate this week? Very much so. Really? Um okay, like good. there's some players I have ranked in certain spots. I'm like, eh, why? Yeah. But then yeah, you same. look and it's like Jonathan Taylor is one of them. Um, I think everybody, especially coming off of last week, would have said on mon- Sunday night, you- you're not going to be able to start Jonathan Taylor until we see something different. And now he's in my top 20 running backs, and I can't find anybody else I want to put in ahead of him. I, I mean, for me, it's it's Mike Davis and Giovanni Bernard. I mean, you know, you're talking about guys that are going to get a lot of work. If Davis, for sure, at this point, and, and Gio, we're still waiting to find out on Joe Mixon. But those are not easy matchups for those guys at all. But, you know, they've been for the most part, so successful every time they've gotten this opportunity. And so it's just one of those scenarios of, I guess I got to play them <laughs> you know, and just kind of hope for the best. And format matters, I think, for both those guys as well. I was all set to start Chase Edmonds over Jonathan Taylor, but I don't know that I can do that anymore because, you know, Kenyon Drake's back at practice. Yeah, but that's good. He's better with Kenyon Drake there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. So what I, do you mean? No, I no. No, um, it, but well, I mean, statistically, yes, he is. <laughs> well, but for fantasy, no, I, I'll take the I'll take the 20 carries instead of the four carries. Um, yeah. And, you know, Jamie, you talked about Mike Davis and Giovanni Bernard, but I think we usually get excited to start backup running backs who get the opportunity. But those two guys have tough matchups. Bernard's not, you know, Pittsburgh's defense been a little bit leaky lately in terms of running, but um Jarek McKinnon and, and Jamichael Hasty at New Orleans, that's not easy. If DJ Dallas gets another start, the Rams give up the six fewest points to running backs. If, if you have to go with Rex Burkett, Damian Harris did practice, but, I mean, Baltimore gives up the fewest fantasy points to running backs, so even the even the replacement guys uh, could be could be rough this week. So Absolutely. Disappointing. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to have Miles Sanders back, you know, for for that side of things. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's one of those. And, look, Kenyon Drake, I mean, you know, he's uh, – He's he's a guy that has a shot if he if he's 100 percent healthy. Yeah. But um, in terms of some of these some of these guys that you know normally you'd be like ah, I I'm thrilled right it's uh it's not as easy. All right, so let's let's be more optimistic, Jamie. Give me the player you love this week. Uh, Jared Goff. He's the start of the week. Uh, love the setup for him. Um, just <laughs> the, the numbers are just staggering what the Seahawks allow. Uh, basically it's 30 fantasy points per game on average. 29.2 is what they give up to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, two of the last three quarterbacks to face them went over 40 fantasy points. Uh, he averages over 330 passing yards per game against them in his last four. (laughs) It's, it's just, it's just the perfect setup. And, you know, look, he was awful. The last time he stepped on the field, the dolphins just completely frustrated him. You were to say to any fantasy player, 
your quarterback's going to throw the ball 60 times. What's your expectation from the fantasy points? Well, it's not 12. Yeah, <laughs> that's awful, what he had. Awful. Uh, uh, golfful. It was golfful. Golfful. Um, Good. I like that. Uh, but he will not be golfful this week. This is a great week for Jared Goff. I think, you know, it, it's a good week for quarterbacks. Uh, I have him eight. I would like to put him somewhere in the top three, but it's just hard to do that. Okay. Heath, how about you? Player you love this week? I think it's Mike Davis. Um, <laughs> it's a difficult matchup for running against. Um, and that his workload has been just a little bit spotty recently, but you just look at the last time they faced Tampa Bay and he got one carry and played 24 snaps and scored 15.4 PPR points. Um, they're going to have to get the ball out quick. They're not going to be able to run it very well. So I do expect a large number of targets for Davis. And like Jamie said, with him and Giovanni Bernard, both, they've just been so good. They've got maybe one or two. I don't know if Gio's ever actually had a bad game without Joe Mixon, but Davis has maybe one or two things that slightly concern you. Other than that, he's been a top 12 running back, and we have very few of those right now in fantasy football. I, I will say, just to kind of stay in the same theme, Adam, there is one replacement option that could be great, and that's Duke Johnson. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. So, yeah, one guy that's, you know, stepping into a very positive situation based on what the opportunity is. I mean, you know, we just saw it, 20 total touches in the game where David Johnson got knocked out. And Romeo Cornell said on Wednesday, his status is up in the air, didn't practice. You know, we, we don't know if he's going to get cleared. So he could be in terms of the replacement guys. And, and, and Heath makes a great point for Mike Davis. You know, hopefully it's, it's the early part of the Christian McCaffrey absence, Mike Davis, as opposed to the latter part, because that guy wasn't as good. Um, and Giovanni Bernard, you know, same thing. But Duke Johnson may be the better of that trio of guys that are getting a good opportunity this week. I don't have it ranked that way. I'm sure Heath doesn't either. But there, there is a, a, a very big possibility that Duke Johnson is the best backup running back this week. Is there another Texans running back that they might throw in the mix because they don't want to give that workload to Duke, perhaps? Or do you think it's just Duke? Yeah, uh, I think they have CJ Procise on their roster, if I'm not mistaken. Which is like the the okay, one so guy no. in the NFL who's not taking early down. Right, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Check. Uh, yeah, and I think that if uh, if Mark Ingram misses another game, you know, this is a, a like I would think a really good setup for J.K. Dobbins and even Gus Edwards, right? Yeah, it was. It was. You know, I mean, look, I'm sure the Ravens are happy to have Mark Ingram back in practice, but when they they showed the video of him walking out with Lamar Jackson with his helmet and pads on, I was like, oh man, now we don't get to get to see one more game of J.K. Dobbins and and even Gus Edwards. It it it's looking like Ingram's going to play again, so okay, could be messy. All right, so the players that we love, uh, Jamie said Jared Goff. Heath said Mike Davis. Players to avoid. Players to avoid. Heath, you want to start? Um, uh, Cam Newton. Okay. Like, yeah. It. He is having such a fascinating year. He's on pace for 3,000 passing yards, 17 rush touchdowns, <laughs> four passing touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and a lot a of interceptions. Uh, against a very good defense. And I I don't want to drop Cam Newton because I think I want to start him next week. I believe they play Houston next week, right? Yes. Yep. Um, but I like he's just barely inside my top 24. I would start about six different streamers over him. Yeah, uh, I agree on that. Uh, Buddy Howell is the other running back on the Texans roster. No okay. CJ Pro. Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson it is. Uh, Jamie, give me a sit. Um, DJ Moore is just so hard to trust right now. I mean, you know, the, the targets, the last two weeks, the way that this game feels like it's going to go, he was great against them in, in week two. Absolutely a stud. So was Robbie Anderson. Um, 
Teddy Bridgewater threw the ball 49 times in that game or 42 times. They were just, you know, miserable in terms of what happened. That's the game McCaffrey got hurt too. So uh, that's, you know, the game Heath is referencing. Mike Davis came off the bench and had eight catches. So they're probably going to have a similar game plan, but now you have Curtis Samuel in the mix. And I just don't know what to make of DJ Moore at this point. Like, I, I, I don't want to say I don't like him. Um, and I, I'm going to be forced to start him in a couple of leagues. But it's it's just so frustrating because he's so good and they just don't use him. I, just, I don't get it. Okay, well, the, yeah, and that game could get ugly, which might be good for him because the last two times the Buccaneers lost, they beat the Panthers by 14 and they beat the Packers by 28. They just got embarrassed by New Orleans. They, 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 might, they might smash the Panthers. We shall see. I wonder, What's the spread on that game? Anyone know? Off the top of your head? Uh, it might be four and a half. I think they're on the road. Uh, it is. They are on the road and they are five and a half point favorites. Five and a half. Five and a half. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into some... Well, I wanted to talk about those replacement running backs, but I think we kind of did. Uh, I want to promote some stuff real quick, by the way. You got to listen to FFT in 5. It's a fun podcast, five minutes long. First thing in the morning, ask Alexa to play Fantasy Football Today in 5 podcast. And bam, comes right on. Uh, we got our starter sit pregame chat on Twitch today from 4 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern, twitch.com slash Today. If you haven't joined us on Twitch, you're missing out. Another good time. Uh, Frank and Chris and Jacob Gibbs are going to come on, and uh, we'll, from 4 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern, we'll answer all of your questions. And the 2020 Masters is finally here, and the First Cut Podcast is all your golf needs as Tiger Woods begins his green jacket defense this week at Augusta National. So tune in for tournament previews, picks, and best bets, plus round-by-round recaps as the world's best tee-off today. The First Cut crew is on the scene at Augusta National, ready to bring you every insight into a tradition unlike any other. Listen to the First Cut Golf Podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Yeah, I had this whole segment here about running backs with tough matchups, replacement running backs. Mike Davis, Jarek McKinnon, Jermichael Hasty, DJ Dallas, Giovanni Bernard, Rex Burkhead. Don't know how many of them are actually going to get that opportunity. Duke Johnson has a good matchup. I don't know. The segment kind of already was covered. The GO one is fascinating to me because the Steelers, uh, I think they allow the fewest receptions to running backs. I think it's 22 on the season. And you said it, Adam. You know, teams have been running on them lately to, to, to a, to a, a little bit. You know, yeah. For, for what the Steelers started the season. I mean, obviously the Devin Bush injury factors into that, but um, he's not going to have a lot of success running the ball. That's just not his game. It's going to be the total yard. It's going to be what he does catching the ball. Um, so if they can contain him through the air, we'll see how he does, but um, it's hard to get away from what Gio has been. Like he said, almost every time Joe Mixon's out, he has a great performance. Yeah. This is from, from the athletic. The Steelers have now given up 10 runs of 14 yards or longer over the past 14 quarters, ever since Devin Bush went out. So it's not like guys are running all over them, but the Ravens did. Tony Pollard had two runs of 20 yards. So that's a lot. That's 10 runs of 14 yards or longer over the past 14 quarters. I'm thinking Lamar Jackson is part of that too, which is a little deceiving. But Right, and the first game, which on the flip side of that is, uh, that was a lot of Derrick Henry going into the middle of the defense, not having big runs. Yeah, he didn't do that that well. The other side of it. Right. Yeah. So it's it's again, it's not a great matchup, but it's a better matchup than it used to be. All right. Well, anyway, we'll cover all those running backs. The bottom line is you look at the running back landscape. If you get a guy who's starting, if you get a guy who's going to get a lot of touches, you, you're going to have to start him in most scenarios. Fair fair to say? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, listen, I, I talked to you about Express and I got a lot of stuff last night because I told you I was waiting for my first round of clothes to come in. I got a button-down shirt, a T-shirt, and this really nice sweater that I was going to wear on the show today. Take a look at this. Take a look at this. YouTubers. Um, the only reason I'm not wearing it, it's really not cold yet. <laughs> it's kind of hot in New York. Nice weather. So I would have been sweating my head off if I had worn this sweater today. But it's a beautiful. It fits me perfectly. So I got my size. Yesterday, I ordered two more shirts. I ordered a blazer. I ordered a tie. I ordered two ties. I ordered some dress socks. These are the, all the things they have on Express. They also have like cologne and watches. Great place for men and a great store for women as well. So go to express.com and shop. The fit, the comfort. I mean, most athletic or taller men don't think Express can fit them. Heath's pretty tall. He's fairly athletic. He loves all of his Express clothes. They fit him perfectly. Uh, they got the Lux Comfort knit collection which i got one of the clothes one of the shirts from there i can't wait for that sharp details soft fabrics like wearing your favorite sweats they've got jeans they've got suits uh just great stuff at express and you know it's just nice to get clothes that fit you well it's nice to get clothes that you look good in and these are different i mean i've I've never seen shirts like this uh just different just kind of stand out and you feel good you feel confident when you put on clothes that you like to get the exclusive offer text football to 397-737. Get 25 bucks off your $50 purchase. Text FOOTBALL to 397-737. One more time, send a text message to 397-737. FOOTBALL is the word to text there. Get 25 bucks off your $50 purchase. All right, let's do some 60-second rankings disputes. These are going to be good ones here. Uh, we've got Tyler Boyd. Christian Kirk, John Brown, big differences in the rankings. Uh, Heath much higher on Tyler Boyd and much lower on Kirk and Brown than Jamie is. So why don't we start with that? Uh, Tyler Boyd, Heath. Jamie's got him 24th in PPR, 31st in non-PPR. Something like Jamie hates Tyler Boyd. No, he's moved up. Refresh, oh. buddy. Refresh. Okay, where is he now? He is 21 in PPR, I think 24 in non-PPR. All right, I'm skipping Tyler Boyd. Let's go to the next two. These are yeah, both. Unfortunately, John Brown has moved as well um, in my rankings. So this is, this is like, well, I think these are much, still interesting though? players to talk about. Yeah, all right. Yeah, because he was 41st for you in PPR. He was 22nd for Jamie. Where is he now? Uh, 27th. Damn it. All right. Uh <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll, this, this, I'll be the devil's this, advocate there, I though. I think like Drew Locke. Drew Locke is someone that I think we could still have a debate about. Okay. That has not moved. I saw him in the rankings um, disputes, and he is still a dispute. I have him right around 20th. Uh, I think Dave and Jamie have him right around 12th. And I the, the main thing, I think, for me is I'm not as confident that he's going to get to garbage time. We've had some uh, – well, Jamie and Pete have had some fun poking fun at my Jake Luton uh, garbage time statement but drew lock legitimately has fallen down by 21 points each of the last two weeks in the third quarter and almost all of his production in fact like fantasy wise all of his production has come then all six of his touchdowns over the past two weeks have come after his team's fallen down by 21 points late in the second half he's thrown for over 400 yards in those circumstances before that he's mostly been awful and ac- accuracy-wise, he's mostly been awful. So it's like he has to get to the prevent defense. And I'm just not as confident this game will get to that situation. Okay. So 
Jamie, you can talk about Drew Locke, who you have, I think, 12th. And uh, Denver, by the way, they air it out. They have the most intended air yards per pass attempt in the NFL. So they are throwing the ball downfield. Uh, they you know, they per, are also 30th yeah. in completed air yards. <laughs> well, they're trying, Heath. Okay, Jamie, uh, 12th for Drew Locke. Yeah, I mean, Heath has a point. They may not have to get to the fourth quarter for Locke to have success. But this is also a Raiders defense that's given up a lot of production to quarterbacks outside of the win game to Baker Mayfield. And so I just look at this team. They're struggling to run the ball right now. Um, their defense is struggling to stop people. And I think Derek Carr is going to have a good game. He actually has uh, you know, very solid production at home. So I think they, they will be playing with a lead in terms of the Raiders. And so this is one of uh, four or five games with the projected total to be over 50. I don't think it's going to be all Raiders. I don't think it's going to be Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. So I think Locke is going to be not to the same extent that he has been the last couple of weeks where he's 25 and 30 something fantasy points. But I think 24, 25 is, is kind of a good number to look for, for him. Um, I, I just, I just like to set, you know, three straight games with 40 more, 40 more attempts, you know, two of those have been very good. His receiving core, I think is the strength of his team right now. So I, I like the way Locke is, is doing, is getting you his fantasy production. However he gets there, he's getting there. Okay, so let me go back to John Brown, who I know is no longer much of a dispute. He's changed in the rankings quite a bit. But uh, I think I gave that stat that the Cardinals, I gave this on Tuesday, the Cardinals have not, have really have not given up big games to two wide receivers once this year. So if we're expecting Stefan Diggs to be, you know, great, and he'll probably see a lot of Patrick Peterson, so maybe he won't, maybe he won't but uh, this is not, a matchup that looks great, I guess, in that regard. Although I will say the Cardinals have had mostly a pretty easy schedule, but not once this year has have two wide receivers scored double digit fantasy points in non PPR or 14 or more PPR PPR fantasy points against Cardinals. So why do you guys both have John Brown now in your top 30? Jamie, can I run down the schedule for you, please? Yeah. All right. You tell me the second receiver on these teams. First week, San Francisco. Yeah, they didn't even have Debo, so they didn't even have Second a first week, receiver. Washington. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Libid. Third week, Detroit. Okay, you want to say Marvin yeah, Jones? Yeah. That's fine. Fourth week, Carolina. They did a good job in containing yeah. the second guy. It was the Robbie Anderson show. Week five, the Jets. Okay. Week six, the Cowboys. That's one of the games yeah. we're referencing. CD Two Lamb. guys over 13. Yep. Week uh, seven. No, that, but they didn't, right. But CeeDee Lamb was like seven for 65 or something, right? Seven for 64. I'll take seven for 64 in PPR. That's not bad. Um, okay. Uh, and if you tell me that John Brown's getting 10 targets like C.D. Lamb did, I'll sign up for that right now. All right. It's very uh, different players, but go ahead. Week seven. This is the Tyler Lockett game where DK Metcalf had a touchdown called back on a bogus uh, holding call. Okay. They shut down DK, the best job against DK Metcalf. Yes, and they did. You're, you're not did. really helping your case right now. All right. Go ahead. Well, I mean, again, tell me which of those teams. There's, there's two teams that I just named you. Three teams that I just named you that have legit number two wide receivers or, or a pair of wide receivers, right? Uh-huh. And then week nine was Miami, where, where yeah. one guy got hurt and two guys got over 12 fantasy points. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, Parker didn't have that good of a game. My favorite thing about this discussion is that um, it shows, like, you could have you can argue that they've given up 12 fantasy points to duos lots of times. But they've never given up 14 fantasy points. Yeah, but that's not 12. Like, 12 is not that good. Um, and John Brown is ranked in the 20s, which is kind of the 12 to 14 point range. Uh, yeah, I I think you're. I'm playing devil's advocate. I want to be clear on that. 
I don't think I have the guts to sit John Brown because you expect a lot of points in this game, right? So, you know, you're yeah. over for a shootout. And let's be honest, it might be John Brown who's better than Stefan Diggs because Patrick Peterson's been awesome. Can we at least throw that out there? I'm not saying Patrick Peterson's is, been really hot and cold. This um, is lately, this is, I think he's been real good, though. So, Peterson has said this. He said this to, to Prisco. Um, and he, you know, Pete relayed this to us going into the Seattle game that he does not like smaller, shiftier wide receivers. I don't know a big receiver on the Buffalo side of things. So this could be a bad game for him, bad matchup for him. I mean, he's going to make things uncomfortable for whoever he faces, but it's not going to be like where he shuts down a bigger physical guy Mm -hmm. like a DK Metcalf, like a Devontae Parker. Those guys are tailor-made for what Patrick Peterson likes to do and be physical with guys. Kind of feels like he might give up a long touchdown and get an interception in this game. (laughs) <laughs> like he's facing Josh Allen, there might be there could be opportunities for sure. Well, you're going to hear very shortly from Jacob Gibbs on why this is a good game setting up anyway for Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. One more rankings dispute: Is Christian Kirk still a dispute? Oh, I thought it was Hunter Henry. Well, I, what about Kirk? <laughs> yeah, because um, I'd rather because it's, it's still like, I think I've got him in the 30s. So okay, so Jamie's got him 16th and non, 19th in PPR as of yesterday afternoon. Heath has him 27th in non-PPR, but 35th in PPR. Christian Kirk uh, in this matchup against Buffalo. Heath, you're the low guy on Kirk. Let's remember, 60 seconds, guys. So 30 for Heath. Go. Yeah, um, I'm I'm trying to come around on Christian Kirk. It just it takes a little while for the projections to catch up. No, I, I still <laughs> think it's going to be hard for me to rank a guy too high who's not getting a lot of volume on a regular basis. And his he's been awesome. His efficiency has been great, and he does have eight targets each of the past two weeks and seven and three of four. He doesn't have a game all season with more than five catches, and the yardage has been really sporadic. So I'm generally going to be lower on the guys that are this reliant on touchdowns for fantasy production. His quarterback is awesome. You said it, three of the last four with at least seven targets. I don't know how much more you need to see from this guy to start to say, I'm just going to play him until it stops. Uh, I'm Yeah. He's great. <laughs> I think he's in a very, very similar range to John Brown. Um, like right in that same tier where like the guys in that group that score touchdowns are going to be really good this week. And the guys that don't probably won't. Well, where are you ranking Will Fuller at this point? Cause the target share is kind of the same. Um, He's much, much higher. The uh, target share being kind of the same kind of froze me, but yeah, I guess it's, I mean, it's not too different. He's got three games with more than five catches, but. But recently. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's true. The last couple of games for sure. Okay. We got two segments left. Then we'll get into the games. We got the start meter and a pre-recorded segment from Jacob Gibbs. And we're going to play that right now. Jacob's going to give you three of his favorite stats for fantasy week 10. Now, look, he's going to tell you about Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Were you going to sit them? No, but this could be helpful for DFS. This could be helpful for prop bets, things like that. And I think just as football fans, you will appreciate that. I want to say the audio quality on this, not, not quite as good as we'd like, not terrible, but we'll get I that. He likes, we'll get he that. likes Diggs now. Who, me? Didn't you say he likes Diggs and Allen? Yeah, he does. And why would you say you're going to sit them? Oh, no, I just meant like he's not going to convince you to start them because you're already starting them. But like what? Sorry. Thank you for making me clarify that. Uh, But uh, yeah, like I said, DFS plays, things like that. Last week, he had a great stat on Kirk Cousins, for example. And for more of these, listen to the Saturday bonus episode of Fantasy Football Today in 5. Okay, here's Jacob Gibbs. What's up, FFT? This is Sportsline Fantasy Analyst Jacob Gibbs, and I'm back with three more advanced stats for you heading into Week 10. 
Stat number one. Over the past two weeks, Jerry Judy has 396 air yards and 24 targets. That's insane. He's first in targets and air yards during that time. Judy gets the Raiders in week 10. Vegas is bad against the pass, but what really has me excited for Judy and the Broncos in this spot is the Raiders' inability to create pressure. Vegas ranks 20th in pressure rate and they're 31st in blitz rate. This is crucial for Judy because Drew Locke has been the league's worst quarterback when under pressure. Locke is dead last in passer rating when blitzed. He's completed just 40% of his passes for 4.4 yards per attempt when under pressure over the last two seasons. Against a Raiders defense with a blitz rate below 20%, Locke should have plenty of time to stand in and find Judy downfield in week 10. Stat number two. I know you hated Antonio Gibson owners, but JD McKissick is not going away. There's good news though, and that is that Washington is finding creative ways to get both backs on the field. 38% of McKissick's snaps over the past two games have come in the slot, which is up from 10% in the first six games. Moving him to the slot more often allows Washington to get both McKissick and Gibson on the field at the same time. McKissick had a career-high 83% snap rate last week, and Gibson was still on the field for nearly half of the plays. McKissick's 14 targets last week were also a career-high, and next up is a Detroit Lions defense that has allowed almost 14 DraftKings points per game to opposing running backs on receiving stats alone. Only the Packers have given up more receiving fantasy points to opposing running backs. With McKissick playing more in the slot, both he and Gibson are fantasy viable options against the Lions this week. And stat number three, the Arizona Cardinals rank in the top five in both man coverage use and press coverage use. That is great news for Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Allen ranks 22nd in the NFL in passer rating against zone coverage, but is up to fifth against man coverage. Stefan Diggs has averaged 7.8 yards per target versus zone, but 9.9 versus man. He's been targeted on 22% of his routes run versus zone, which is good, but it's nothing compared to his 32% rate when facing man coverage. Diggs is also second in the NFL in receiving yards against press coverage this season. He's been targeted on 30% of his routes versus press coverage, which is the highest rate among qualified receivers. The 56-point over-under in this game and the heavy use of man and press coverage by Arizona's defense both point toward a potential eruption spot for Allen and Diggs in Week 10. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for letting me share my stats with you today. If you liked them, give me a follow on Twitter at jgibbs underscore two three. I'll be tweeting out nerdy stats on there all week long. All right, thank you, Jacob. That's great stuff. He does an awesome job and great follow on Twitter as well. So Jerry Judy, most air yards over the last two weeks and Drew Locke, much, much worse under pressure. That is not Vegas's forte. J.D. McKissick on the field a ton, including with Antonio Gibson playing out of the slot a lot and a great matchup against Detroit. And Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs set up for good things in this game. Uh, let's go to the start-o-meter here. The last three games we're going to preview are Jacksonville at Green Bay, New England at Baltimore, and Buffalo at Arizona. Uh, DJ Chark. Uh, DJ Chark, start-o-meter. 12. 9. <laughs> the number two Green Bay wide receiver. 2. 3. Yeah. Oh, all right, well, hold on. Let me see if I can change your mind. Got to get my stat of the game here. The Jaguars are the worst ever uh, in the last five games. They have allowed 84 yards or a touchdown to nine wide receivers in five games. Huh? Eh? I mean, it, look, it, you'd have Alan Lazard coming off a long layoff uh, and Marquez Valdez-Gantling, who knows what he does. I mean, you know, it's, it's just so hard to, to say you know, trust these guys. Great DFS play. Great DFS play. Because okay. Marco, Marco Valdez can have a two-touchdown game. And, you know, that's the type of setup you have for him. But I, I, I don't know how many people in redraft are going to start him. Sorry. No, that's okay. I think that, and this is just a possibility, I, I don't really look at the weather too much until Sunday morning, but I was on uh, Pick 6 podcast yesterday with Will, and he said that this game and the Browns game 
are two games that could possibly be wind games again this week. Oh. Um, so some just to watch, like like I said, I don't generally look at it too much until later in the weekend, but it's a possibility. Okay. And that's pretty much it. Robert Tunyon. Jaguars are horrible against tight ends. Jeez. Four. Yeah. I mean, it's just been so hard to trust since Adams has been there. Okay. Yeah. You know, I wish... Uh, I call, I said the Jaguars were going to go 0-16. They, they won their first game, and then they've been just as bad as I thought. Uh, New England, um, New England, Baltimore, yes? Well, one guy like oh. that I put on the start meter that you might not think should be on the start meter but I kind of like Jamal Williams a little bit this week as a, as a flex option. Okay. Uh, good stuff. New England at Baltimore. Cam Newton, we already said to sit. Any Patriots running back? I would sit every Patriots player. I'd I'd like to. Um, what Jacoby Myers is the best flex, maybe. Right. Yeah. Unless I mean, if Harris is out, you know, then Burkhead has some appeal. But it sounds like he's going to play, and then we don't know Sony Michelle. But it's just totally different setup from last week. Okay. Ha- would you go with uh, Jacoby Myers or Alan Lazard or Marquez Valdez Scantling? Myers. I would go with Myers in PPR, but I would go with those other guys in non PPR. Uh, would you start Myers over Darius Slayton? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Buff- oh, then uh, for Baltimore, Marquise Brown. Well, well, we'll talk about the running backs later because if Ingram plays, then it's a mess. But Marquise Brown. Five. Four. How about Lamar Jackson? Nine. Eight. Okay. And Mark Andrews makes me nervous. Mark Andrews. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Look, they have played, they have played every elite tight end, and they've done a yep. good job. Good job. What do you well, think? lucky for Mark Andrews. He's not in the league yeah. anymore. <laughs> I mean, Kelsey had 70 yards, but he had three catches. Kittle had like 50 yards. Waller was terrible. None of them scored. So like, we, That was a joke, but I do think Bill Belichick has bigger things to be concerned about taking away in this game than Mark Andrews. Well, it's just their defense just takes away tight ends, and it carries over to Miami, too. Look at what the Dolphins have done. The The, the system works. You know, it's... It, it's a and great the Lions season. too, right? And the Lions too. It's a very fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not the Giants. Not, not the Giants. Not, not the Titans. <laughs> Twenty-five combined PPR points from those three guys. Oh well. Okay. So you starting any streamers over Mark Andrews? Uh, Austin Hooper and Dallas Goddard. If you want to put them in that category, uh, I like Jimmy Graham better than him in non-PPR because they're essentially the same guy. It's just touchdown dependent. <laughs> um, Eric Ebron, if he's still in that category. So yeah, those guys I'm starting over Mark Andrews. And finally, Buffalo at Arizona. Buffalo's running back? Zach Moss? Yes, Zach Moss would be my favorite, but he'd be a two. Uh, He's a six for me in non-PPR and a four in PPR. Yeah, a little bit. I don't even know. I should have probably harped on this a little bit more, but Devin Singletary had, what, two carries last week, and Moss had, I think, nine. Not that he did a ton with them, but maybe we're starting to see something there. And how about Kenyon Drake? Oh, if he we've plays? seen it, <laughs> we've seen it. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. But like the week before, they had the same amount of carries. How about Kenyon Drake? I mean, how about I'm sorry. How about the yeah, Kenyon Drake? Kenyon Drake, if he plays, five, uh, seven in non PPR, six in PPR. And that's it. I mean, everything else is pretty pretty simple. I think we talked about Kirk. We talked about Brown. No tight ends in this game. Beasley. They've had some uh, some troubles with slot receivers, by the way, those Cardinals. Cole Beasley? Two. Two. Uh, two in non-PPR, I'd say four in PPR. And you'll start the quarterbacks. And here we go to the games. Denver at Las Vegas. I think, 
like this game and I think that maybe the Steelers game, a lot of tough calls in these ones. Your stat of the game is about the air yards. You've heard enough about it. So Denver likes to air it out. You don't get a lot of pressure from the Raiders. They uh, they have the fourth worst passer rating on attempts of 20 plus yards downfield, the Raiders. So you think that would bode well for Judy and, and Locke and maybe even Tim Patrick. Locke, we already debated. You want to hear the 60-second ranking dispute? Jamie's got him, I think, 12th, and I'll get the updated rankings. Heath around 20th, worried about the non-garbage time. Is it easy to just sit the uh, Denver running backs? Sit running, sit the running backs? I don't think it's easy to. I think they're you know borderline starters flex. I like Lindsey better than Gordon in non-PPR and Gordon better than Lindsey in PPR, but they're both outside my top 24, and that's saying something given what the running back landscape looks like this week. But you know, their, their playing time is close to even. Uh, it was a little bit different last week, but I mean, they're using Lindsey a little bit more on passing downs last week, or at least they did. He had more targets than Gordon. So it's, uh, it's just a very frustrating experience right now. It, it was so weird. I, I recognized, I realized this like Wednesday that Melvin Gordon actually had more yards and fantasy points than Philip Lindsay last week because it felt like Philip, like, and, and touch wise, Philip Lindsay kind of took over and they finally gave the ball to Philip Lindsay and he, like, nothing. So, yeah, they're flexes, but it's going to be hard to sit them. Okay. But Gordon, the last two weeks has just been miserable with Lindsay playing the full game. You know, it's, it's taken a Lindsay injury for Gordon to be good. Yeah. By the way, I realized I did not do any of the news and notes. So there's really not much that you probably don't know. David Johnson, unlikely to play. McCaffrey, unlikely to play. Mostert and Coleman are out this week. Chris Carson status, unclear. Joe Mixon was limited in practice. Nick Chubb is not a lock to play this week. Kenyon Drake did return to practice. Damian Harris was limited in practice. Mark Ingram sounds like he's trending in the right direction. Um, Justin Jackson is probably not going to practice this week. So I can't imagine... It's not looking good for Justin Jackson. So I will ask you in one second, Kalen Balage or a, a Broncos running back, but won't give me one minute. LaMichael P. Ryan might be the featured back rest of the season, will be the featured back rest of the season for the Jets. They're on a bye this week, but they're going to well, give that's, him some That's run. a report. That's a report. Okay. Yeah, that's a report. Uh, they're going to reportedly give LaMichael P. Ryan an opportunity here. So you might, you might want to stash him. Preston Williams is on IR out at least three games. Lamar Jackson said that defense is no Baltimore's plays. So that's interesting. They're calling him out at the line of scrimmage, basically. And Miko Harbin's on the reserve Is it COVID that hard list. To say, run. Yeah. <laughs> Pass to Marquise Brown. Uh, and I can tell you the Vikings plays too. It's run. <laughs> <laughs> They're giving it to Cook. All right. So Kalen Balage or uh, or a Denver running back? Uh, Denver running back. Both Denver running backs. Yeah. Okay. How about a Dolphins running back or a Denver running back? Both Denver running backs. Yep. God, running back sucks this week. So yeah. I, I know you're you're excited about Jerry Judy, right? Yeah. Heath, I'm I'm excited about him um, long term. He's a he's a, a high end number three, low end number two type wide receiver. I mean, the dude's got 24 targets in two games. It's pretty clear that the the, the door has been open, and they're <laughs> they're not closing anytime soon. <laughs> The Chargers defense is so bad. The Falcons defense is so bad. Those are the last two matchups for Jerry Judy. Uh, well, does that matter? His quarterback threw 89 passes in those two games. Yeah, yeah. he's thrown 100 uh, and, uh, 129 passes in the last three. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe that'll just... again. I think it kind of comes back to the same discussion we had about Luck. How quickly does this game get out of hand? 
Well, the Raiders score more points per game, I think, than both the Falcons and the Chargers. Yeah, this is going to be, I mean, I'm honestly shocked that the over-under is 49. (laughs) This feels like it should be like close to 60. And uh, Tim Patrick, you know, Tim Patrick has a a higher A dot than Jerry Judy. I mean, he's also a downfield guy. And uh, he leads Denver at the same time. He leads the team with four targets inside the 10-yard line. Can we call Tim Patrick a sleeper? A thousand percent. I mean, yeah, I just think he's a number three wide receiver. He's played uh, four healthy games. And in those four healthy, his last four healthy games, he's got a touchdown or hundred yards receiving all of them. I, um, I, one of the things I've altered in the, from the projections to my rankings this week that maybe I shouldn't have. Um, I actually, in the projections had Tim Patrick ahead of Mike Evans and DJ Moore. <laughs> I, I moved those guys ahead because that seems silly, but I like, I think he's a, he's in that same range as those guys. Okay. And KJ Hamler, no, right? I mean, if you're desperate, he just had, what, double-digit targets? Yeah, he had 10. It was his first game with more than... Well, he had six six targets in his previous three games combined, but he did have 10 last week at Atlanta. Yeah. They're starting to ramp him up. I mean, they got to figure out what they have. Okay. Okay, uh, Noah Fant is top seven. The Raiders allow the 10th fewest fantasy points to tight ends, but... They haven't really faced a ton. Of, most of the good ones they faced have done pretty well. I don't know. Like, uh, we giving Noah Fan a little bit too long of a leash? Do I have to say the stat again? Yes, because because like Noah weeks, Fan is currently fifth amongst tight ends in fantasy points per game. If okay. we're giving him too long of a leash, then we're giving the position too long of a, a leash, and it just shouldn't exist anymore. But in his last five games, he of. scored in weeks one and two. Since then, he has. 211 yards and no touchdowns in five games. Probably better than up. both Mark Andrews and Hunter Henry over that stretch. He's been banged up too, you know, so factor that in. You know, and they just lost Albert O, so maybe that helps him. Yeah, it should. Okay, fine. Start him. Derek Carr. <laughs> Derek Carr. Starter sit. This is an interesting one. Starter sit Derek Carr. They, they, by the way, the Raiders, not a, not a high passing team. They throw the seventh fewest passes per game. He has three games at home this year. Uh, which seems a little weird that they only played three at home in a new stadium. Um, he's averaging 24 fantasy points per game in those three. So he likes his new surroundings. Um, I think the Denver defense is not very good. You know, you, you can certainly look at the the reason why Drew Locke is throwing the ball a lot is because they're chasing points because they stink. So, you know, Carr is to me one of the more flu- flukiest quarterbacks that we've seen because it's a big play to Nelson Aguilar. It's a big play to Henry Ruggs early in the season. You know, it's not a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, volume for him, like you love to see from some of these fantasy quarterbacks, and that's kind of played itself out with his numbers the last few weeks. You know, he's been under 20 fantasy points, but I think he's in that low-end starting range with Locke, with Tua, with Roethlisberger, you know, guys that you may have some questions about or volume concerns about, but it's a good matchup, and his, his numbers at home suggest he's a he's a decent play. It's, um, it's actually a good matchup, I guess, because... They've given up at least 20 fantasy points to every quarterback except for Cam Newton and at least 22 to every quarterback except for Cam Newton and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes scored 14 points. I, I said at least 22 to every quarterback except Patrick Mahomes and Cam Newton. Yeah, okay. I thought you said just Newton, but okay. And Mahomes was the snow game. Yeah, it's only 23 pass attempts. So uh, yeah, not bad. And uh, Josh Jacobs is a must start. Well, let me give you some more car, car or Roethlisberger. I'll go Ben right now. 
but I want to wait and see, you know, these at practice with the knee injury. I would go with Carr, but it's really, really close. Okay. Carr or Locke? Lock for me. Carr for Heath, Locke for Jamie. And Josh Jacobs is a must start. Uh, Nelson Aguilar or uh, Broncos? Okay, rank the receivers. How about that? Broncos and Raiders. Judy one, Patrick two, Aguilar three, Renfro four, Hamler five. Yeah, I'd probably go Renfro over Aguilar, but other than that, and I think Judy and Patrick are in a different range than than Renfro and Aguilar. Okay, Aguilar, obviously, he's a big play guy. So we'll see if it happens. Doesn't get a ton of targets. And start Darren Waller. And that is the end of that game. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. By the way, do we know if the Steelers are getting Avery Williamson this week? I would think so. He should be eligible to play, yes. Right? Uh, Maybe that'll help their run defense a little bit. Got him in a trade with the Jets, and he had to sit out last week. So repeat stat of the game. Gave this one last week, but we'll update it now. Against Cincinnati, 10 of the last 11 receivers with six or more targets, had either 86 yards or a touchdown. That's a, that's unbelievable. That's probably all three Pittsburgh wide receivers. Six or more targets, uh, 86 yards or a touchdown, 10 of the last 11 for against Cincinnati. So, um, all right, so what do you think about all of the receivers in this game? How many of them are, are top 36, I guess, or one through, you know, wide receivers one through three? On both sides or just Pittsburgh? Yeah, all of that. There are six guys to talk about here. I'd be a little bit nervous about A.J. Green, uh, just based on, you know, his body of work. And T. Higgins is on the cusp. You know, he's he's the fifth guy for me. But I would start all three Steelers receivers if you can. You know, it depends on what you need. And format matters. Claypool better in non-PPR than PPR. But Deont- uh, Deontay Johnson, for me, better in PPR than non-PPR. Um, but I think they're all in play. You know, it's... Uh, it's one of those games where, you know, I think that the Bengals receivers will get their yards. I don't know how many touchdowns they'll score. But, I mean, the Steelers receivers are always going to be in a tricky scenario. You know, I think it's just a matter of what you have on your fantasy team. Yeah, Boyd, Juju, and Claypool, I'm starting. Higgins and Deontay Johnson are, are number threes or flexes, and I, I don't really trust A.J. Green. Like, I could see, what did you say, 86 yards or touchdown? Yeah. Like, I could see Claypool scoring. I could see Juju and, and Deontay Johnson both above 80 receiving yards. Um, you know, it's just that's the nature of how their your year has gone. You know, one guy will score, maybe two. <laughs> um, you know, and then the other two guys will get right around 80 or 90 yards. Well, the Steelers are seven and a half point favorites. And you, you for the sake of Juju, for the sake of the Steelers passing game, you want the game to be close. Like last, last week when Roethlisberger ended up throwing a lot more than we thought he would. And the Bengals, you know, look, they're 2-5-1, and one, but they've only lost one game by more than five points. They got blown out at Baltimore 27-3. to three. They've lost two games to Cleveland by a combined eight points. They lost by four at Indianapolis. They beat Tennessee. Is Pittsburgh better than all those teams? Probably. They're undefeated. But you hope they can keep it close, you know? You hope they can keep it close. How would you compare the wide receivers in this game to, like, um, Giovanni Bernard, Mike Davis... Um, Jarek McKinnon, these replacement running backs we talked about. I think the problem is, is that these receivers, for the most part, are better PPR options than they are non-PPR options just because they don't score a lot of touchdowns. And those running backs are better PPR options than they are non-PPR options. So 
if you're telling me that Mike Davis and Gio are probably going to be north of five receptions, which I think they will, I'm going to lean toward those guys because their carries will supersede what those receivers do because the touchdowns are the thing you're chasing with those guys and they just don't score a lot. Yeah, I think Davis and Gio are ahead of all the receivers. McKinnon is kind of right in that. Um, like I'd start Boyd over McKinnon and maybe Juju too, but he's right in that range. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. Joe Burrow is a sit. And like, he's if, not awful though. Okay. But, but you do have him outside your top 20. So. Uh, no. Again, <sighs> refresh. Okay. Joe Burrow, you have fourth. No, 17th. Yes. 17th. I think I have him 19th. Yeah. And 19th for uh I got I got him at 21. You got him 19 now? Okay, 19. 19. We'll, we'll move up to 19. See, this is why you're great at your job because you prepare ahead of time so well. Yep. Too too far and ahead. And then we screw you. Sorry. Uh Joe like Joe Mixon. Uh, do you almost like Geo better than Mixon if if There's, Mixon's it, out, do you like Geo better than Mixon if take both play? Take the word almost away. You do. In this particular game, I would. <laughs> because this 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 is the type of game where they need him. Where they need who? They need a guy like Gio. Well, let's just to clarify, if Mixon plays, you don't like Gio better than Mixon. Correct. You like Gio right. better if Mixon's right. out than yeah, right, right. This just feels like a game where they're chasing points, they're throwing all over the place, you know, and that's typically where they use Gio more. So you'd rather just have the ability to start Gio as opposed to being in this stuck situation where a guy with a foot injury may come in, may get hurt, and, and then you're screwed. And I, I think, like, and this is like three years now, Giovanni Bernard without Joe Mixon is better for fantasy than Joe Mixon with Giovanni Bernard because Gio doesn't have to share right. the passing game work as much <laughs> right. as Mixon does. It'd be nice if Gio took a little sabbatical and we could see Joe Mixon. Yeah. With, with the, I think we saw that for a little while, didn't we? It was it was really great. Yeah, like his last Gio three games. Hurt, they just didn't let him play. Right. Um, <laughs> last three games, Mixon had six, six, and two catches. It's interesting, uh, just to sort of the tie in with the injury. Aaron Jones said yesterday that he appreciated the Packers saving him from himself. And I wonder how fantasy managers feel about that scenario, knowing that you lose a guy for a couple of weeks because he's hurt, as opposed to re injuring himself and losing him for a significant stretch. Yeah. Not that it's guaranteed you would lose him for the significant stretch. But if I were to tell you right now, this player X is going to miss two weeks or three weeks, but you have him for six games after that or eight games after that or 10 games after that, would you sign up for that? Yeah, I'd rather that than him play hurt. And, but and but, but again, there's also the scenario of you know playing through the injury and being okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's, it could go either it's way. A, it, it's a tricky way, yeah. All right, so, so, let, me, so let me pick this up here. Uh, Joe Mixon is going to be like Mike Davis or Joe Mixon. Mike Davis and PPR for sure. It's closer to none. Yeah, Mike Davis. Uh, Joe Mixon or James Robinson. That's easy, James Robinson. Joe Mixon or uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I would take Juju and PPR. Yep. Okay. Mixon and none. The wide receivers, we kind of talked about them. Tyler Boyd is a must-start guy. And Higgins, the number three receiver. And Citrus Sample. Ben Roethlisberger is, well, let's see. He Yesterday, he was 13th or 14th in the rankings. Today, okay. he's still 13th or 14th in the Hooray! He hasn't moved. So he's he's close to Carr. He's close to Locke. He's a little ahead of Locke for Jamie. He's way ahead of Locke for, uh, for Heath. How about Carson Wentz or Ben Roethlisberger? Wentz. I think I'd go Ben, but they're right in the same, like, 
very, very close. But I, I'm, I'm surprised by that because, and, and the lock thing surprises me too, because I, I usually think that you lean toward volume. Yeah. Yeah. I, I generally, I mean, I don't have a huge separation in the pass attempts for Wentz and Roethlisberger. He's not really? been quite as pass heavy when Sanders has been healthy as it, as he has been when it's just Boston Scott and Corey Clement. So he goes from what, 45 to 40? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I've got him at 37. <laughs> All right, if, uh, if, moving on. If you are hoping, you're hoping for a good game for Ben, you're hoping for the Bengals to keep this close because like what yes. we saw last week was was ridiculous. Like nobody expected Roethlisberger to have to be in that situation because Dallas was so bad. And they were, you know, third straight road game. Dallas came out with a good game plan, scored, and here we go. Steelers win a dogfight. James Connors, top 10 in both formats. I think we've covered these wide receivers. Do both of you have Deontay Johnson last in this group? I know Heath does. I have Johnson head of Claypool and PPR. I just think, you know, he, he his targets are, are usually more than Claypool's, uh, but he's just having a hard time finding the end zone for the most part. And Jamie's a lot higher on Eric Ebron, at least in non-PPR, than Heath is. It's pretty close in PPR. Dave's got Ebron top five in both formats. Heath has Ebron as like a low-end starter, but you're starting he's him. He's top five for me, too. He's, top, he's fourth. Okay, even in PPR? Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Got a man. <laughs> Sorry, the rankings changed a lot this week. Uh, Cincinnati allows the second most fantasy points to tight ends. Pittsburgh DST is top three. While you sleep, I work, my friend. While you're asleep, I'm updating my rankings. I'm not even going to respond to that. Uh, Houston at Cleveland. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you and I are both up very late. We could we could have some late night texts. We usually do. <laughs> yeah, I actually usually did do. update my rankings while you were sleeping, but it was at 6 a.m. this morning. Now I was uh just just before I woke up. All right, Houston I was up then too. at Cleveland. Welcome to football season. Houston at Cleveland. Stat of the game. A running back has scored 12 or more non-PPR fantasy points, 14 or more PPR fantasy points. Uh, oh, sorry. Let me correct it. A running back has scored 12 or more non-PPR fantasy points in five straight games against Cleveland. 14 or more PPR in four or five games against Cleveland. That would be Zeke, Jonathan Taylor, James Conner, Gio Bernard, Josh Jacobs. Uh, we're you know Duke Johnson, optimistic. Duke Johnson over uh, Joe Mixon, right? Well, yes. you tell me. Yes. Okay. Uh, so start Duke Johnson. Start Deshaun Watson. Easy to say. Start both wide receivers here. The Browns are terrible against wide receivers. Fifth yes, most allowed. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Start them both. Houston tight end? No, no, no. no thank no. you. All right, let's talk about Baker Mayfield here. I would tell you where he is in the rankings, but I don't know. So let's see what they are now. I've it's got him 18th. Uh, I think 15th or 16th. All right, 18th for Jamie, 24th for Dave, and let's say 15th for Heath. So, yeah, a little worried about the volume here if Nick Chubb plays Heath. They're not. Are you worried about that? I I am, especially if the win's a problem. He'll, he'll go down even more, but that... The one thing I would say is like this should be about as good as it gets for Baker Mayfield because they are facing a bad defense that it also has an offense that should keep them in a position where they have to keep scoring. And so if like this is about as high as I think I've ranked Baker Mayfield all season long, it's still not in the top 12. I would rather not start him, but I don't think I think you'll have a decent game. Okay. And Jamie, not as much. I mean, it's, it's it's volume for him. You know, that's the thing. It's his best game this season. His best game of his career was against the Bengals, and he was under thirty pass attempts in that game. <laughs> you know, it's just that's that's what he is. You know, it, it's it's going to be a situation where he needs touchdowns. He needs you know his receivers to make some plays after the catch. 
And this is this is one of those scenarios where the matchup is fantastic. I mean, he could have another five touchdown game. It wouldn't shock me like he did against the Bengals in the game where Beckham got hurt. And now he's getting not only Chubb back, who's going to you know threaten the defense to soften things up, but he's getting Hooper back too. You know, hopefully Landry's healthy. You know, there, there's a lot to like about Baker aside from that big thing, which is, hey, I know what the Browns plays are too. Yeah. Run, 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 <laughs> run. Hey, maybe throw. Run, run, run. You know, so uh, I'll send JJ, note, uh, JJ Watt a text uh, telling them what they're going to do. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it's he's, he's a decent streaming option if you pick them up off a of bye week. But it wouldn't shock me if somebody like Nick Foles outscores him because Foles is going to throw Oh, that's exactly the decision I have to make, Jamie. That's exactly my two QB. I would play Baker. But I'm hoping that I'm now I'm hoping for a win so I can easily make that decision instead of. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at Kevin Roth's uh, story on Roto Grinders, his his early um, weather report, and he has it at 19 miles an hour uh, as of now, Um, but also looks like it could be some potential rain. All right, to the Cleveland running backs, Nick Chubb is a start if he plays. Kareem Hunt is an obvious start if Chubb doesn't play. If Chubb does play, though, I know you're going to say start Kareem Hunt, but like, who would you start him over? Almost everyone. <laughs> okay. I so, would start him over Nick Chubb. How about... I would as well. I would in PPR. Non-PPR, I'd go back to Chubb. How about Brandon Cooks or Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt. Uh, yeah, Hunt. Both. Wow. I have both guys, both guys top 10. And just flipped in each format. Yeah. This might be the worst rushing defense in football. They give up the most rushing yards to running backs, the most yards per carry to running backs. They're terrible. Bad defense. Uh, Cleveland wide receivers, Jarvis Landry and Rashard Higgins. Higgins only rostered in 37% of leagues. He did have 100 yards two weeks, two games ago. Uh, any interest here, Heath, in Landry or Higgins? Landry is a low end number two, high end number three. Um, if he gets the same targets that he did in the last game before the bye, then you're going to feel pretty good about starting him rest of the season. I think, um, Higgins is a boom bust flex. It would be interesting to see, like we didn't really see this offense without Beckham in normal conditions. So it'd be interesting to see with Hooper back, what the target breakdown is. You did get a good enough sample size though, because Beckham got hurt early enough in that Bengals game to see what could happen. But yes, in terms of not knowing what the script is, not knowing what the you know game plan is without Beckham, you're 100% right. I think the one thing about Higgins is uh, he's not necessarily a beat the waiver wire guy, but he is a guy if you're stuck to go look at. Because if you're going to buy into Baker, I think Higgins is going to have to have some semblance of production here. So it's not because Landry is he's not scoring touchdowns. We'll see if that changes. But it's not like Beckham was scoring touchdowns. You know, so it's not like the receivers were carrying Beckham or excuse me, carrying Baker. And in the game where Baker had success, it was the tight ends. But I think he's going to have to have somebody step up. And, you know, Higgins was was that guy in that Bengals game. Landry, for the record, does have one, at least one, almost touchdown. So And he has a passing touchdown. And he has a passing touchdown. Texans give up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers. In four games, they've allowed 100 yards or a touchdown or both to multiple wide receivers. I don't think that's going to happen, but... There's a good chance that at least one of these guys has a good game. You know, it's just it's such a good matchup and such a bad defense. And Austin Hooper is top ten. I think he's top five for Dave. You're gonna start Austin Hooper. Is Bradley Roby playing playing? Have we seen the practice report? Probably. I mean, he was healthy. He just got suspended. So I would assume he's playing. He and Golden Tate will be back after serving their suspensions. I don't know. It, it's, with the update we have is expected to play in week ten. 
Cool. All right, next up, Chargers at Dolphins. Stat of the game. A running back has scored 11 or more non-PPR fantasy points. This is very similar to the last stat of the game. 11 or more non-PPR, 13 or more PPR fantasy points in six straight games against the Chargers. They have a terrible run defense. Mike Davis, Ronald Jones, Alvin Kamara, James Robinson, Philip Lindsay, Devontae Booker, Josh Jacobs. All of these guys reach that 11 or more non-PPR, 13 or more PPR fantasy points. So does that mean anything to you guys? Like, Is there any Dolphins running back we can confidently go with? Uh, first of all, how do you pronounce um, the, the guy's name? Because I said it wrong. I don't want to say it again on another podcast yesterday. Who? Sel- Selvin Ahmed? See, I, I said it that way, and then I, the Salvin said it very differently. I have no I, I honestly don't know. I should I don't know, know either. I don't. Uh, um, that's how did the host all, say all it? Uh, I'm not even going to try and say it because it may be incorrect as well. So, okay. Um, in any event, they legit have four guys that could be involved here if Matt Breida plays because you know Jordan Howard is going to probably get short yardage work, so he's going to be the guy that could score touchdowns. <laughs> Okay, yeah, we butchered it. It's Savan Ahmed. Yeah, that's the way they say it. There you go, yeah. Savan so, Ahmed. Right. Sorry. So, that's that's. I'm sorry about that. I should have done yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. <laughs> um, he was the guy who played the most last week. And then you have DeAndre Washington, and we just don't know what's going to happen there, the guy that they traded for. So he's eligible to play. So let's assume Brita doesn't play to so take him out of the equation. I don't know which of the three guys is going to be the best. I would rank Ahmed the highest because he played the most of the first game without miles Gaskin, but Jordan Howard is going to take a touchdown away. It's just, you know, that's the, the frustrating part of this. So it's a backfield. You probably want to avoid. How about the chargers backfield Heath? Yeah. Say it, say it, just say the just guy rewind all those things. Um, <laughs> Kalen Balaj, I suppose is currently the best chargers running back. I don't, have much interest. I mean, he's sitting around 30 in my rankings. Um, I expect, assuming that Troy Main Pope remains out, assuming that Justin Jackson remains out, that Blodge is going to get like 60% of the touches and Joshua Kelly is going to get the other 30%. And it's going to be ugly. This is a this is a good Dolphins defense. It's a bad matchup. It's uncertain touch share. It's uncertain offensive line. It's uncertain quality of running back. I'd rather not, but I like Kalen Balage better than any Dolphins running back. Now, Troy Main Pope, thanks to Ben Trager, expected to play. So yeah, I would actually anything? pick up Troy Main Pope. Like there that, you go. That's, that's the, like, we don't have it ranked that way because we typically keep guys out that have missed the week prior unless there's certainty they're going to play. Um, once Pope is cleared to play, and it sounds like that's going to be the case, uh, I will have him as the highest Chargers ranked running back. He will be the highest ranked running back in this game for me, but yes. none of the running backs in this game will be in my top 30. Right. Okay. This is more of a desperation flex play because like he said, the matchup against Miami is not easy. Uh, Jace Edmonds just showed us that, you know, they gave him as many carries as a running back could potentially have uh, for two games worth. And he had, you know, a struggle. So I think if you're just looking at it, is the creativity of the Chargers offense and what they've been doing with their running backs because they've had success without Austin Eckler. I mean, the Saints game, Justin Jackson was was solid, you know, nearly 100 total yards. The um, the game, not, the Jaguars game, I guess, not so much. But uh, whoever they played after the Jaguars game, that was the uh, Troy Main Pope and Justin Jackson game where both guys went off. And then last week, you know, Kalen Blodge had a good game, you know. So right. there, there's, there's a guy that will be in the flex range 
uh, for me, it would be Pope. Because if Pope plays, they may keep Kane and Balazs on the practice squad. There's no guarantee they have to elevate him. Okay, just, just to wrap it up, I think we've talked enough about this. To be clear, the Dolphins did a great, really good job against Chase Edmonds, but they had had, going into that game, a pretty bad run defense. Like Advanced metrics would have said it. Conventional metrics would have said it. Um, you think it should be getting a little bit better, but um, they got they got good personnel. But they hadn't. It, it had not been a tough matchup. It, Edmonds really disappointed. Uh, okay, so you Justin... <laughs> just, yeah, just a bit. Justin Herbert is top seven. I just don't see how you can sit him. He doesn't get blitzed a lot. And the Dolphins are one of the most blitz-heavy teams in the NFL. However, the Bucks are the most blitz-heavy team in the NFL, and he lit them up. Uh, Keenan Allen is a start. Mike Williams, you guys, have as a number four wide receiver. I was a little confused by that. He's been really good three of the last four games. Heath, why so low on Mike Williams? I think it's still just, for me, uncertainty about target volume and not a great matchup. Okay. He's probably getting Xavier Howard and Howard made things uncomfortable for DeAndre Hopkins last yeah, week. And the refs, but yes. <laughs> Got but a lot of pass good, interferences, but he was great. This is a good secondary when they're healthy and they're, they've been healthy now for the last several weeks. So I think Mike Williams is the guy you can get away from. Hunter Henry, big rankings dispute here. Let me, let me see the updated rankings. As of yesterday, it was like seven spots. All right, Henry in PPR, 13th for Jamie, 14th for for Dave, 5th for Heath. All right, Heath, go for it. Uh, <laughs> like that's that's how I feel about Hunter Henry. I just it's so hard to believe mm. that Justin Herbert can be the best rookie quarterback ever uh, and Hunter Henry can get seven targets per game and somehow not score any fantasy points. Um, and I just, I haven't totally bought into that. Like he is right. It, it wouldn't be that difficult for me to drop him down to ninth possibly, but I just going to keep betting on the targets and an off in, in Justin Herbert eventually me, me connecting you, with him. Let me ask you just a comparison. Cause I think the targets probably the last four games are very close. Where do you have Jimmy Graham ranked? Uh, two spots behind Henry. Like they are in a very, very similar. They're, they're, the difference in their projection is less than a quarter of a point. So I, I think it's a coin flip between those two guys. And, and Jamie Hooper and Goddard. Oh yeah, right, right. Hooper's right behind Graham. Um, Goddard, I'm a little bit, a little bit more leery of just because of how like the shake the rest off game. I'd like to make sure that all the rest is off now because he didn't wasn't even used in his first game back. Yeah. Jamie, you have Mike Kosicki one spot ahead of of Henry, and neither have been very productive. Kosicki's only had like two no, games. I'm going with the hope of matchups better for Kosicki against the Chargers than it is for Henry against the Dolphins. And the loss of Preston Williams. It, I, I mean, it, it, I'm just hoping that it's, it's going to help Kosicki. So it's, it, I have no problem, and, and I, w- I would probably do this uh, – I, and I may switch it, you know, because I think it's probably safer to go with Henry because this is more of a a, a hope than it is a certainty because we just haven't seen Kaseki used. All right, finishing up here with the Dolphins. Tua is 14th for Jamie, 13th for Dave, and 19th for Heath. Would you start Tua over Drew Locke this week? I would. No, I like Locke better. Would you like both. start Tua or Derek Carr? Tua. Car- Carr. <laughs> would you start Tua or Mayfield? Tua. Um, Mayfield. Tua or Tannehill? 
to a Tannehill. <laughs> I don't think he's going to ask everyone. I don't think they agreed on one guy. Starter sit Devontae Parker. Yes. Start him. Who's a sleeper wide receiver if with Preston Williams out? Shaquem Grant. Grant. Yeah. I think he might be their only other receiver. Dolphins DST is top 12. All right. Three games. I wonder if they 10 regret minutes. that Isaiah Ford trade now. Maybe. Three games, 10 minutes. Here we go. Jacksonville at Green Bay. Start Rodgers. Start Robinson. Start Jones. Start Adams. DJ Chark or... Okay, yeah. We'll start him. But DJ Chark or uh, the Texans guys. Fuller, Chark, Cooks for me. I think that may be exactly how... I know Fuller's ahead of him. I, Cooks was the one I wasn't... Yeah, I've got, I've got it... Uh, like literally 16, 17, 18, fuller chart cooks. And how about Chark or uh, let's do some running backs. Chark or Joe Mixon? Chark. Chark uh, in non PPR. Chark in PPR, Mixon non PPR. Okay. Heath has Tunyon 12th, 13th, I think, in PPR. And Jamie's got him like 18th. I already talked about... He's around 15. He's around 15. 15 16. Okay, I see. There you go. Uh, I already talked about Alan Lazard and why he could have a good game where Marquez Valdez-Scantling will call them DFS flyers. But the Jaguars, again, it's nine wide receivers in their last five games. Have What What the hell was it? It was a lot. Have done really well about that. Uh, 84 yards, have 84 to yards for touchdown. Is this, is this the 21 days? Does it expire this week? Uh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know, know the day that... Oh, let me check. Okay. That's that game. Packers DST or Dolphins DST? Uh, you said Packers or Dolphins? Yeah. I would go Packers. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. Packers or... Ravens? Ravens. Ravens. Speaking of which, Baltimore at New England. Oh, here's the... Ooh, I like this stat of the game. Number one stat of the game. New England has allowed 92 or more yards to a wide receiver in four straight games. Tim Patrick, Brandon Ayuk, Stefan Diggs, and Brashad Perryman. They all had seven to nine targets, which is asking a lot from Marquise Brown. He only has two games with more than six targets, but... Stephon Gilmore also missed two of those games, but it's 92 or more yards to a wide receiver in four straight games for uh, against New England. So there's that. And stat of the game number two is just about how good the Patriots have been against tight ends. But we already talked about that. Uh, so yeah, I mean Marquise Brown, Jamie, I have to start him. But like, who should I start over him if I had other options? Would I should I start Jacoby Myers over Marquise Brown? I would not. I I just think there's he he's a hope hopefully a better version of Marquez Valdez Scantling at this point. Uh, he's a lesser version of Will Fuller and. Brandon Cooks and DJ Chark, and I know that's not saying much, but you know it, the the typical volume that you like is just not there for him. But the matchup is 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 not bad at all if Gilmore doesn't play. But it's 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 all a matter of you know are they going to give him an opportunity to make some plays? So primetime game, you know I could see him have a, a strong performance, but he's a number three receiver. You know you just have to treat him as as such. He's not a must start. He's not a must sit. He's just kind of in that gray area that depends on what your team has. So the Patriots are easy. Get away from the Patriots. We, we were talking about it on Tuesday's Waiver Wire show. If you want maybe 10, 11 points from Jacoby Myers, that's what he had first two games. Maybe it was like 11 or 12 PPR fantasy points. Yeah, that's more realistic than the big game he had last week against the Jets. But for the Ravens, 
How well, just keep in mind something with Jacoby Myers, though, because Nikhil Harry's practicing coming back from the concussion, and Isaiah Ford is eligible to play. So while Myers should be the best of that group, it would not surprise me if those other guys just make it a, a very uncomfortable thing for Jacoby Myers' fantasy managers because you're starting him after what he is, and he's projected very highly on our site. I think he's projected for 12 PPR points. You know, so given the matchup, that to me is high. He's the um, only wide receiver that Cam Newton seems to have had any chemistry with, though. They are pretty uh, much in sync. For sure. For sure. But again, you know, if the Ravens are going to take him away to whatever extent they try to take him away, whether it's, you know, Humphrey or Peters or whatever, um, Cam is going to have to start to look at other guys. I mean, he still threw to Demir Bird. He still threw to, you know, um, well, no, he didn't throw to anybody else. <laughs> no, he doesn't. That's the thing. Like, Nikhil Harry is not getting a ton of targets when he plays. But Nikhil Harry hasn't played in like a month. I know, but I'm saying, I know, but he has, he wasn't getting a ton of targets. I don't think those guys have played together since the Seattle game or the Raiders game. Okay, uh, Marlon Humphrey, by the way, is is off the COVID list, so he should play this week, and that he's probably going to cover. Jacoby Ravens Myers. did announce that they had another positive test this morning. Uh, we don't know who that was yet, but they also said there were no high risk contacts, so I guess it'll only be one person going on the list. Okay, how? Why are you guys so confident in Lamar Jackson? I mean, the Patriots aren't good, <laughs> and. He's typically, you know, gives you the rushing floor. So you start there. Um, I, I, it's more just the Patriots aren't good. <laughs> okay. It's probably also some FOMO. Right. Primetime game. Put on a show, Ravens. Uh, he has scored 15 to 19 points in five of eight games. It is scary, but... The Patriots, I say this every week, they give up the most passing yards per attempt in the NFL. And let's talk, give me the Ravens running backs, Heath, if Ingram plays and if he doesn't. If Ingram plays, I just don't want any part of it, really. I I think I'd probably still have Dobbins ranked the highest. Um, I would have Ingram ahead of Edwards. Uh, None of them would be in my top 25. Um, If Ingram doesn't play, then I, I like... Dobbins as a number two running back and Edwards as a high end flex or maybe a low end number two and non PPR. Um, Here's what I would do if I was, I want to just see what his roster percentage is. Gus Edwards roster percentage right now is 52%. If you see that Ingram practices again today, I would drop Gus Edwards for the two following running backs. One would be LaMichael Pirine just to see what happens coming off their bye week. And the other would be Troy Main Pope. Just in case Justin Jackson in this absence lingers and Pope becomes the better of the non-Austin Eckler guys. Okay. And uh, it's worth noting, by the way, that they basically played three games in a row without Ingram. He got hurt in one of them. And Gus Edwards has a touchdown in every game. And J.K. Dobbins does not have a touchdown. So I don't but know. More, more likely to happen, though, is Dobbins continues to play close to what his role is with Ingram. They have, the, they have like the same... Oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. If Ingram plays, I get that. But if Ingram doesn't play, I don't know why it would, we would rank Dobbins ahead of Edwards. When well, Edwards seems the, to be... It's the, the ceiling versus the floor. If Edwards doesn't score, you're screwed. I, both of them. I mean, they both have done like the same thing in the three games. Two pretty bad games and one great game in terms of rushing yards. So I throw I throw out the the game Ingram got hurt. I mean, really, they've also really the faced after. the That's Eagles, the Steelers, and the Colts. Yeah, the Patriots stink. They can't. They they are so bad against the run. 
Philip Lindsay, Jeff Wilson, Jamichael Hasty, the Bills running backs. They ran all over the Patriots. All right, that's it for that game. One more game. Buffalo at Arizona. We spent a lot of time talking about Christian Kirk and John Brown, so please rewind to the 60-second rankings disputes if you want to hear that. And uh, Josh Allen's top five. Kyler Murray is number one for everyone. Is there anything we didn't cover in this game? I mean, pretty much like we, and if you go to the uh, startometer segment, we talked a lot about the running backs in this game. But Heath, give me the running backs for Arizona with and without Kenyon Drake. If Kenyon Drake's out, I'm going right back to Chase Edmonds as a must-start running back. Um, not holding last week against him at all. If Drake's in, then Edmonds is more of a PPR flex, and Drake is a low-end number two or a high-end flex in that 20 to 25 range of running backs. I, I would start Edmonds over both Broncos running backs and PPR. You're if saying Drake if Drake plays. If Drake plays, is Kenyon Drake the best running back in this game? Is he better than Zach Moss? Yeah. For me. I would play Moss over Drake in non-PPR. In non-PPR? But Drake doesn't catch passes. Neither does Moss, though. And I, I think the, the likelihood of Drake still with one or two catches is, for me, better than Moss. I probably Now, nah, you know what? I probably would rank Drake over Moss in non-PPR, too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Drake, this... The Bills' run defense is not very good, so this might actually be a good opportunity for Kenyon Drake if he's going to go back to his role, get 16 carries or so. 18. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it was. Yeah, and that you know might not be that bad. I'd like for him to sit though. That'd be that'd be wonderful. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening. We got the NFC. How, we, how are we all in so many leagues together, and we all have Chase Edmonds? <laughs> I only have him in one league, uh, and I'm probably I'm going to get screwed because I have to start Jonathan Taylor. I'll tell you what, if Chase Edmonds, if if Kenyon Drake is out, you guys might not agree with this. I'm going to play Chase Edmonds over Mike Davis in a PPR league. I would too. Okay. Yep. Good. Okay, good. <laughs> Whew. Uh, thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. I mean, if it, what's the format with Taylor and Edmond? PPR. I'd still play Edmond. There's just not enough there. There's just not enough work. But I mean, Taylor could be on the bench for half a game. I, I haven't made that decision yet. Going right down to the gun. Maybe y'all can help me out today on Twitch. We'll talk to you at 4 p.m. Eastern for Jamie oh, and Heath. you today, buddy. I am. Make sure you watch Fantasy Football today, noon Eastern. For Jamie and Heath and Ben Schrager, I'm Adam Azer. See you later.